Hello, Tiger Nation. I am Byron Hulsey, headmaster at Woodbury Forest School, and I would like to welcome you to the Woodbury podcast series. This podcast consists of informal yet substantive conversations with alumni, faculty, staff, and students. The conversations explore how Woodbury's core values empowered alumni to build a solid foundation for their lives, how those core values are taught today by Woodbury teachers, and how those values are put into practice by today's students. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Well, welcome to the Woodbury podcast. Today, we are lucky to have a special guest. It's Catherine Morton, who is the Assistant Head Chief Development Officer at Woodbury. She leads our external affairs team, meaning that she takes responsibility for development and for alumni. A fantastic leader here at, at Woodbury, and Catherine, it's, it's great to have you. So welcome. Thank you, Byron. I'm glad to be here today on the Woodbury podcast. On the Woodbury podcast, <laughs> indeed. Well, thank, thanks for being with us. Catherine, why don't we just start with you telling us a little bit about your background, where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school, how you made your way into the world of advancement, and how you came to Woodbury. My background is a little bit unusual. I grew up in Zimbabwe. As a young girl, my mother was South African. My dad was born in Zimbabwe. We grew up on a farm there. Went to boarding school when I was very young, six years old. Six years yeah. old. My goodness. How did you survive? Not exactly sure. Yeah. I was thinking about my favorite teachers when I was at boarding school when I was six. And let's just remind listeners that British boarding schools are not exactly the most nurturing. Yeah. So the teacher I remembered from that time was the sweetest and the kindest. Uh -huh. And that's why I remember her. I have no idea what she inspired me to, to learn, but she really, really cared for us. So. Just her manner. Yeah. Her, her way yeah, of very being. warm. Where in England were you going to boarding school at the age of six? So we, I didn't actually go in England. My sister and I went to a boarding school, a girls' boarding school in Harare, which was about two hours away from our farm. Okay. But we would go and not go home for months. Wow. And it was also during the war, so it was an unsafe time to be traveling. So it was a very unusual situation. My sister came when she was five, and so then I felt like I was a parent to her when I was just a child. So it was those were very interesting days as I reflect back on my childhood, and perhaps not surprising that I myself now work in a boarding school. Yeah. So how long were you in, in, in school in, in Africa? So went to school when I was six. My family, just sort of history of, was Rhodesia at the time. There was a civil war. And so there was a period where my parents decided it was time to leave. Mm -hmm. And um, my sister and I actually left, went to school in South Africa for a while while my parents were traveling around the States, deciding if we should move here. Went back to Zimbabwe to Chisapiti, and then we moved to the States in 1982. So I was 12. When we came here, I went into public school. Wow, that must have been a culture shock. It was a real eye -opener. Where were you living? We lived in sort of northern Virginia in an area called Arcola, which uh -huh. is now really quite developed, sort of between Middleburg and I would say Manassas. Yeah. Um, so a huge middle school. It was, a, it was an eye opener. <laughs> I spoke English but I didn't understand American English. Uh -huh. So, but I, I, I do remember that Americans were so gracious and interested and kind. Mm. I also remember that their geography was fairly poor. Most middle schoolers did not know where no. Rhodesia was. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> not. So anyway, we weren't in public school for too long. We then went to 
well, the girls did. We went to a Catholic girls' school in Middleburg called Notre Dame Academy, mm-hmm. which actually no longer exists. So that put a little more parameters around our education that we... Give you some structure. Yeah, some structure that we were used to. We quickly moved away from it in, in public school, but came back to it. And, uh, that, and that was a good experience. And what about college? So college, went to Roanoke College. Yeah. Loved that experience small school in Salem, Virginia. And then actually after Roanoke went and worked in DC in those early days, but returned to Roanoke not long after to start my career at Hollins College. So that's where I sort of began in development many moons ago. How did you choose development? I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's a story there. Yeah, there is a story. It's not super exciting. I was actually, my husband at the time, his job moved us to Roanoke. Mm-hmm. I was considering going to Hollands, thinking about getting a master's degree in writing. Mm. And my mother-in-law at the time said, you should think about getting into development. Mm. And I said, well, what would I be developing? <laughs> and she <laughs> said, relationships. So anyway, that's actually where I started. I was there for a couple years. We then moved to Baltimore and I worked at Garrison Forest right. for about nine years. Tell our listeners about Garrison Forest. Yeah, Garrison Forest is a really fabulous girls school in Owings Mills, Maryland. I really got my feet wet there. There was a particular woman who really became my mentor. She also served on the board and she worked in the office, a woman named Molly Mundy Hathaway. I had the opportunity to do just about everything. I started off running the annual fund and had the opportunity to run the office, but I also had three very little kids at the time, wow. and so was managing mm-hmm. a lot. We also lived on campus. Yeah, it was a great experience, a wonderful, wonderful school, and uh, we loved our time there. And then I moved to Charlottesville, if I'm yep. correct. Moved to Charlottesville. I reached out to Bob Sweeney at UVA and yeah. worked there for about three years. I was charged with bringing their parents online. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the work. It was very inspiring. I think. Some of the bureaucracy at a large yeah. state university was challenging. I enjoyed the work, work work that I was doing, and that was a really busy time professionally. Also, as a mother of young kids, I remember getting a phone call from my predecessor here, Joe Flynn, a great guy. He and I had crossed paths in our careers, and he was looking for someone. I think Joe called me a couple of times. I'm embarrassed I didn't call him back the first time, but I did the second time. And he said, listen, we're looking for someone up at Woodbury Forest. Do you remember Woodbury Forest from your days at Garrison or when you were yeah. a student? Yeah. So he, um, and the reason he really made an impression upon me in that conversation, he said, well, listen, you may not be interested, but why don't you and your family and your boys come up here for a visit? No one had ever considered that I had a family and I loved that approach. So we plopped the boys in the car and came up here. They wrestled each other in the um, wrestling room. And, you know, it certainly was a little bit of a commute. We were living in Charlottesville. I labored over the decision a bit and then decided I was was gonna come. I never looked back. I'm guessing, so Garrison Forest to UVA to Woodbury, I'm imagining this, and I may be wrong, so please correct me, but I'm imagining that Garrison Forest is kind of like an all-in experience. Smallish school. Everybody pitches in, everybody puts their shoulder behind the wheel to get to advance the school's mission. UVA is very different, right? UVA is huge. It's enormous by comparison. Probably a level of professionalization at UVA, though, that was helpful for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, a lot of what I 
learned at UVA, sort of I have applied here. Like, and, like uh, give us a couple of examples. Just sort of systems in terms of how we how we do business. I mean, obviously, Woodbury doesn't have a research department, but just some of the systems in terms of how they practice their work and how they track it, how they develop sort of metrics for the work they're doing and measure themselves against their work. And very much, I mean, UVA is incredible a machine in terms of the way they raise money yeah, and, and, and tell their story. But when I was working there, I essentially in my role representing all of the University of Virginia, and it's impossible to do, it was hard to get your arms around the mission of six or seven different schools right. research. And so the reason that transition to here was really wonderful was here you could really get your arms around what you're doing. Yeah. And it's very clear. I felt like it was it was easier. I had more of an opportunity to move the needle and have an impact here than I did at UVA, though I loved my work there. Yeah. And I would be remiss not to mention that the opportunity for my boys to come here was certainly a motivating factor. That would not have been in the cards for them. I don't know that I knew much about tuition assistance then like I do now, but yeah. that was a motivating factor. And I knew that Woodbury did give tuition remission for their faculty. So that was right. definitely a part of the part yeah. of the decision. A nice portion of your time here has included the experiences of your sons here. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to be a member of the staff and the administrative team and have your sons in the school. Do you want to comment on that? I'm sure there's a lot of things you might not want to share with our listeners <laughs> today, but what, what couple of things jump out at you as some of the joy in that and then some of the challenges of it? Because it's interesting. Well, I mean, it, it's an interesting challenge. Yeah, right? it, it was, you know, I'm unusual because I don't live on campus. Right. So I leave the gates every day. I think my boys were delighted with that. <laughs> Fortunately, much of my work is focused outside of these gates. Meaning you travel. My travel yeah, and yeah. much of my work where I'm not involved in sort of the, the daily movement of the students and the faculty. So, right. but I definitely had to be thoughtful and I'm not sure that I was intentional enough all the time to to not sort of meddle. It's a it's a unique community when you have your children here and let's just say that they weren't valedictorians. They were works in progress. Well, <laughs> we all we all remain works in progress. Yes, yeah. No, it it was it was great. Sometimes it was really challenging. Yeah. One funny story when Telford, my eldest came through, I, I don't know if we still do this, but the boys could use the laundry service. Oh, yeah, absolutely we do. So, you know, trying to save pennies. I said, no, 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 you won't use the laundry service, but I'll give you a purse the first couple months while mm. you get your feet on the ground. I'll do your laundry. Just dump it in the car. When boys are third formers and their parents work here, they really are kind of embarrassed by you. <laughs> right. So it's not like he was swinging by my office. So, But one day I saw, he texted me and said, hey, could you do my laundry? The time period was up on how what the offer stood. And yeah. so I said, bring it to me in the dining hall at noon. Uh, uh -huh. That was no response. End of yeah. story. Yeah. Laundry was being done. Yeah. So they, they, all, they all figured out. I'll digress just for a moment and share with our listeners one of my favorite Woodbury stories. Lendl Stone came to Woodbury a number of years ago from Dallas, Texas. And his mom told me this really funny story about Lendl's first trimester at Woodbury. After like three or four weeks, he calls her on a Friday and he says, mom, can you help me wash my clothes? And she was so moved by his request. And she said, oh yes, Lendl, absolutely. So he's down in the like Turner Hall or Taylor Hall laundry room, getting ready to put his clothes in. She tells him, well, you put your detergent in first and you put your 
close in and you know crank the thing on and then you know, then you've got it so he did it all as instructed did it perfectly he left she didn't hear anything more on sunday she gets a call and she says okay mom i'm ready to put them in the dryer what do i do now and she says well what you did the first time just do that all again because they've just been sitting there for the whole weekend um and he she had to help him understand the two-step process between <laughs> transitioning the clothes from the washing machine to the dryer i think it's a it's a life skill that woodbury boys often learn here is how to wash their clothes it's an important one and your sons learned it because they didn't want to bring their laundry to the dining hall at yeah. noon yeah. good a good idea yeah uh, any other reflections on being a parent at woodbury as as well as so being- i would just i mean for me, in terms of my work here, that was um, really extraordinary. It got me, I had the opportunity to see the experience through the eyes of a student yeah. as much as a parent can. Yeah, and you did, right. That made my work connecting with alums and talking about mm-hmm. their experience, though, and listening to it uh, and trying to connect their experience to the relevance of Woodbury today was really, really helpful. It also allowed me to see and get to know faculty members who are just unbelievable in terms of their commitment to our boys. And I could list a whole slew of folks who really spent a lot of time with my boys and all of our boys, but um, just their commitment. When I first came to Woodbury, I knew that I had to really quickly get up to speed on this place that I didn't know a lot about. So I would go to lunch. I'm obviously not here for breakfast or dinner. I live off campus. I would go to lunch every day and plop myself down at a table of veteran teachers, mostly males at that time. And I would be pretty quiet and I'd just eat my lunch and listen. And it was four days in. I'm like, geez, is all they talk about, all they talk about are the boys. Yeah. And I realized (laughs) how amazing that was. They live and breathe, these boys. They'd sit and they'd watch them coming into Reynolds Family Dining Room. They all had a comment or two, mostly positive, sometimes constructive. Uh, a lot of times constructive, yeah. but they cared so deeply yeah. for the boys entrusted to them. And I just, I knew like within two weeks, this was a really special place because everybody here, and I know I've shared that with you before, but one thing I love most about the school is just the sense of pride everybody has in their role here, regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. whether you're at the gatehouse or if you're working, you know, if you're in the classroom, if you're in the kitchen, whatever yeah. it is, everybody here cares deeply about their role in making this place go. Lucky to be a part of this, I mm-hmm. think. Let's transition a little bit to your own work, mm-hmm. how you have built a team, what's important to you, what what, what have your goals been, what, have you, what are you happy about and proud of, and what continues to give you energy and maybe even some of the challenges out there for mm-hmm. you. Two years into my arriving at Woodbury, my predecessor left on it sort of, I didn't anticipate that would happen so right. early. And so I was, we were in the middle of a campaign. It was a tough time in our economy. And I didn't have much of an option except for to really swim and swim hard. And I was working with the chair of our pre- previous campaign, John Baker. And to that point, I'd spent most of my time with parents. Mm-hmm. That's what I was hard to do. And right. so now I was moving to, to working with alums. And it was great. We were pretty slim in our office at the time. It was all hands on deck all the time, and I pretty much adopted a team. But over time, when the campaign ended, we started building a team. And Byron, you know it's not super easy. Most of our office doesn't live on campus, or at least didn't at the time. So you have to 
you have to work really hard to find people who understand why it's a great place to work. Yeah, why and, it's worth um, it. Why it's worth it. We've just been really fortunate. Without a doubt, we definitely are heavyweighted in alumni and having alums in our office, which is really, really valuable because they have the shared experience. Yeah. Um, we expect a lot from each other on our team. We are very clear about what our goals are, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. I mean, we left a whole lot. We, I know you really love this part, but we celebrate each other. You all do a lot of celebration. A lot of celebration. A lot of clapping. A lot of clapping, a lot of celebration. Drives Byron crazy when yeah, he walks down the I, hall. Yeah, it's, it's very enthusiastic <laughs> crew. And the holiday plate is now in full swing. It's yeah. December, Byron. Yeah. I haven't noticed That's you've not, signed up. Not December, actually. Oh, yeah, it's December tomorrow. Day. You're right about that. Yeah. We're getting but, an early uh, the start. The holiday plate is a real staple here. Yeah, I would just say, I mean, on the team, we just, there have been times in my 17 years, it's hard to believe it's been 17 years, where we've lost key spokes on the wheel, and I've really worried about how it's possible to replace them. In, in our work, continuity is so yeah. valuable. Relationships. And when you establish relationships, they become almost like family to you. Right. And so when you replace that, you better be certain that you've documented everything so that someone can come in seamlessly and obviously right. you have to build up that rapport but but every time it's happened we've been able to sort of build the wheel put it back together and found ourselves maybe a little bit stronger every time i mean I, but i would just go back to that i think that the team feels valued and they feel that they are accountable to everybody else and so there's this high expectation i hope it's not too high mm -hmm. But I know that they have, back to pride, they are super proud of what they do and how they contribute to, to this place. And Well, whatever you're doing, keep it going because it's an incredibly wonderful team, high-functioning wow. and enthusiastic, very, very professional and committed to excellence, top to bottom, for sure. Thanks, Brian. I, I've, I definitely have a fantastic team. I We say to each other all the time, if we're going to spend like more than half of our lives working, we need to be around people we enjoy and feel like we're a part of a school that or an institution that has a purpose and a yeah. mission and and back to mission like you you can see the impact of the work you're doing which That's right. um, you're surrounded by it you're surrounded by it and then we have the good fortune that the faculty don't yet we try to deliver it back to them we have the good fortune <laughs> of sitting in front of men who have benefited right. from this experience and, and can talk about it they weep talking about it. Yeah. They talk about how transformative this experience was. Not everybody gets there five years out, 10 years out, but I've been with 93-year-old men who tear up talking about how this changed their lives. I was with Bill Olden recently, yeah. who just turned 100, saying the same thing. So we get to see, now, I, and Bill Olden will tell you that he was, he was a handful when he was here. So the faculty don't see the finished product, right. we do. So we try to bring those stories back and share with them when yeah. we hear the impact that they had on someone's life that they may not ever know about. The Iron Strong Band uh, campaign mm -hmm. finished in what year? 2012? Yeah, just at the end of 2011. End of 2011. Mm -hmm. At that point, it was the largest campaign in the school's history. Right. What were some of the big accomplishments of it? There were a number of building efforts. Right. We built the Manning Family Science Building. Enormous accomplishment. Yeah. And we, we, we built a fair amount of um, funds for faculty support. Yes. Um, but I would say it was probably three quarters 
facilities and right. the rest was endowment. But uh -huh. we started off with probably nine or 10 priorities and whittled it down to a few. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest accomplishment was probably getting the Manning Family Science Building built. Yeah, that is such a, mm -hmm. a beacon here yeah. at Woodbury. Yeah. It's really wonderful building, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So another thing I wanted to ask you about before we talk about this current campaign, which is wrapping mm -hmm. up, is the emergence of this very important day called One Woodbury. What was the genesis of that and how did it come to be what it has become? The MSI fund, our annual fund, has been obviously sort of the mainstay and the sort of bedrock of our fundra fundraising efforts for years. A number of years ago, we started a March Matchness program, which in theory made a lot of sense because our alums are competitive. They yeah. like it. It was too complicated, though. Too many rules. So we were sort of moving away from that. Doug Gabbert was working in our office and a wonderful uh, board member alumnus at the time by the name of Bill Kaler really felt like he was disappointed at our participation, that we could be much stronger. Yeah. And so, which by the way was pretty good. It's pretty darn good, but we can always be better. Absolutely. And um, so, anyway, good for you, Bill. <laughs> good for you, Bill. So, Bill and Doug sat down, and it was at the same time where these give days were just sort of arriving on the scene here, sort of nationally, nationally at, right. at schools and nonprofit. Anyway, so one Woodbury was hatched. I'm not sure that it was called one Woodbury that first that first time we launched it. Yeah, but, I don't think um, it was. It's turned into a wonderful event where it really, the name describes it all, the, the entire community comes together to to support the MSI fund, but it's so much more than supporting the MSI fund. It's about being a part of a community. We have our community here, and then we have our extended community that spans across the world. And it's bringing everybody back to this experience and thinking about how they can reconnect. And that's so much of the work that we do in our office. It's not just about getting people to give money. It's about reconnecting them to this place that had such an important role in shaping them, and they want to be connected. Supporting the schools is supporting that experience for another boy, Yeah, for another another faculty member. Uh, one Woodbury is just a, a really special day in, in our calendar, and you're right, it does emphasize the connection we all have to, to the school community. We have there are lots of ways in which we get separated from uh, Woodbury as we get older and move move beyond. And then there's this one moment to everybody come back and celebrate the the kind of the unity of the mm -hmm. community and the unity of the uh, culture here. It's a it's a great day of, of celebration and mm -hmm. reminder. Another big moment in our annual calendar is always Alumni Weekend. That's a lot of fun. I know it's a ton of work for you and your team, but you all pull it off beautifully. What are some memories of Alumni Weekend that for you, Reunion Weekend, that are most significant? Every Reunion Weekend is special. Yeah. The most special. I mean, to the listeners, you're all very special, but to the 50th Reunion, yeah. I mean, it is extraordinary. When the, some of these, very few, but some have never come back, but right. they come back for their 50th. Yeah. And to see these men together... And reminiscing, and let's be honest, by the time you get to your 50th, any stories that were secrets before are no, no longer yeah. secrets. And so everything's on the table, but it's just such an honor to be with them. And to a highlight of that weekend is when the 50th reunion sits down with our seniors. Uh -huh. oh, and they great. sort of share and compare experiences. Yeah. And, you know, we always say to alums who call up, and it's rare, but are challenging us on something, you know, that we always say, 
Listen, when were you, when, hey, tell me when you were last back at Woodbury. Mm -hmm. Not for, no, I haven't been there for years. And I said, well, just come back any yeah. day you want. Well, yeah. come sit down with the boy on the serpentine um, bench by the chapel and just talk to him about his experience and you'll see what Woodbury is like today. Yeah. That panel is amazing. But yeah, reunion weekend, it's sure, it's a lot of work, but we don't mind it because it is, it's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I think we love the cluster reunions. It was great to mix it up. And I think we'll look at doing variations of that in the years to come. But yeah, reunion weekend is a highlight for sure. I think it's good for the boys to see how much Woodbury means to our alumni. Absolutely. Um, sometimes when you're a boy here, you lose sight of the meaning of the place, the purpose of the place, why it would matter. But when they see everybody coming back, you're reminded that you're part of something that's a lot bigger than you are. Brian, that's exactly right. And I think that is the one weekend where they they see them in, in great numbers. But I mean, there's more we can do and we're in terms of the strategic plan, in terms of aligning our boys with alumni. Yeah. Um, the strength of the Woodbury alumni network is incredible. They show up. They definitely they show, show up, up. In, in big numbers. Every mm -hmm. year we're so happy to see mm -hmm. such a big turnout, especially from the 50th. Catherine, let's tell us a little bit about this current capital campaign mm -hmm. that is concluding that we have called the campaign for the boys. Why the campaign? Are you happy with it? Where do you think we stand with it? What have some highlights been? Yeah, it's been an incredible journey. We're still working hard. We've got another month to go. We've got some good stuff. I need to 32 days report to you on. Um, oh, good. I love those. Yeah, reports. it's been it's been incredible. It's been a journey. Most of you listeners know, or maybe it's just because we live and breathe this, but the campaign for the boys is all about the boys that are here and the boys that will come. Our greatest aspiration was to fund tuition assistance, as you know, through the endowment, through the through the endowment, we have done really well at that. I don't know a soul in the greater Tiger Nation who doesn't think that fording the experience is not valuable. Everybody does. And yeah. so people have been incredible, not just our alumni, but parents too. senior yeah. parent gifts have supported yeah. establishing endowments. I mean, we're beginning to work on sort of final documentation, but the number of new funds that have been established is just so inspiring. Part of the campaign also supported the refurbishment of the Walker building. Yeah. So for any listeners who have not seen it in its new state, please come back. It's not too fancy. It's no, just right. I love it, though. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty fantastic. And then, of course, faculty support. We know that faculty support is such an important investment. As the campaigns go, they're buckets, but we have done extraordinarily well in that area. Folks have been very, very generous. We've had a number of legendary faculty retire since yes. this campaign started. So yeah. great ways for alums and parents to recognize their service yeah. through establishing some sort of perpetual fund. Incredible campaign co-chairs, COVID came, all kinds of things came. We pivoted for a year, not maybe not a year, but we stopped sort of asking for money and started Zooming all of our classes, starting with our oldest alumni to bring people together. And so we did a lot of engagement for about nine months. And we realized it was time to get back out there and make some hay while the sun was shining. Yeah. Some fabulous folks put together a board challenge and we challenged our former board and we challenged our entire community. And that challenge, the original challenge of 50, excuse me, 5 million ended up being 53 million. So it's an incredible challenge. You know, when folks say to you, which we, Woodbury has a really mature development program, we're very fortunate. It's been built on 
years of leadership. It's yeah. back to the days of Jay Carter Walker, quite yeah. honestly. But really what it boils down to is there is, for those listening, I mean, if you're in the field of development, this is a place you want to be. Yeah. I mean, you've never come across a more loyal constituency anywhere. Yeah. So it's a real joy to be in this position here. And it's wonderful to have a role in ensuring that this place is financially sound so that generations of faculty and students can be a part of this magic. It's a, it's a very noble cause. So mm -hmm. the goal was $125 million. I know mm -hmm. we're not done with the campaign yet until the end of the calendar mm -hmm. year, but where are we right now? We're at 146. 146. Wow. That's, yeah. That's higher than we were a couple of weeks ago. When that we sure about is. This. That's great. <laughs> Fantastic. I love this place. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't take it for granted. I'll tell you, it's impossible to take for granted when I see boys who are growing up here who never would have been able to come were it not for the generosity mm -hmm. of men and women who they will never know. Yeah. Uh, but but who care enough about this place to invest in it, and so it's it's heartwarming to say. Yeah, it's a it's an investment that has an incredible return. You all have been fantastic, excellent leadership from you and your your team. Do you have a question for me? So Byron, you've been here ten years. You've accomplished a ton. <laughs> Catherine, what are you most proud of? I think what I'm most proud of is to have been a part of a place that clearly retains the values that shaped me when I was a boy, but has been humble enough and ambitious enough to evolve appropriately to meet boys where they are now so that they are better prepared for their future and not just for the past that I've lived in my own life, just as a recognition that the world is, is quickly changing. And yet, at the same time, boys still need the values that have shaped this place for a long time. I, I feel I'm really happy about and proud of the fact that this place runs on values and not on uh, conveniences. I'm really proud, too, to have been part of your team, Catherine, and to play a, a, a role in, in helping um, with this campaign, which has been, I think, really wonderful in, in many, many ways. Byron, there is no way we would be where we are without your partnership on this. And we have, gosh, there are so many fun stories about travel and seeing yeah. people. Yeah. And let's admit, we, we're both a little competitive. So I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. The competitiveness kicks in but the travel's fun travel is absolutely fun it it's it's i mean it might physically as i age be a little more exhausting but yeah. it, it fills your tank for sure yes well when you're with people who love the school mm -hmm. it gives energy for the for the work here that that is uh, so important mm -hmm. to the mission of the, of the school so thanks to everyone out there in the tiger nation who fills our our tank Catherine, we're coming to the end here. Uh, I know you're excited to play a little bit of a rapid fire here with a few questions that um, I've offered to previous guests. Are you ready to roll? Ready. Number one, your favorite meal in the dining hall? Well, 100% it's the salad bar. Uh huh. That's uh, boring, Catherine. The well, salad bar? let's, okay. What do you like to put into your salad? Let's just say this that um, the, all the fabulous folks who prepare meals know that I come through at lunch, 
I take a glance at what's being served on the hotline. And quickly move to the salad. No, bowl. not not quickly. <laughs> I allow myself a few French fries and one cheese stick, well, that's which really I, generous. Which I consume by the time I get to the salad bar. But for sure, and Priscilla did an incredible job. Yeah. And the salad bar at Woodbury Forest, that's not just salad. It's yeah. soup and paninis yeah. is extraordinary. It's, Mike and Justine are running the show. Yes, now, they're, they're doing awesome. an amazing yeah. job. Yeah. Again, any particular items in the salad bar that are particularly appealing to you? No, it's a mix. I keep a things mix. Okay. fresh and creative. Okay, let's keep going. Favorite meal in the fir tree. Do you ever go to the fir tree? So, Byron, when I first started working here, my office was right above the fir tree. Yeah. Bacon permeated my entire yeah. being all That's day long. That's a nasty smell, by the so way. So, right, I was still... That fir tree smell right above the fir tree. I was delighted when my office moved. Yeah, so, that. I make an annual visit down to Albert and Lynn for and a bacon and egg sandwich on toast. But other than that... I limit myself. So once a year. Once a year. Do you just, is that a special day you've marked on the calendar? We, um, the team goes down. That's right. The team goes down pre-reunion, and I treat everybody to oh. the school treats everybody to a sandwich. How how, how generous. <laughs> Your favorite teacher, would it be this woman when you're in boarding school as a six-year-old? When I was at Notre Dame Academy, which was run by the nuns, Yeah, Sister Gabriel. Sister Gabriel. Sister Gabriel had a spark about her. Yeah. Sister Gabriel taught English. She just kept things light and funny. She was fantastic. I don't know that she inspired me to be a great writer because I'm not. She just made the classroom a place that you wanted to be. Gave you some energy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. She brought a lot of energy to the room. Do you have a favorite location on campus? I have two. So Sneak Garden, my all-time favorite. Why? It's just like his little secret garden. Yeah. Eli Tellis yeah. gave it many years ago. It's yeah. got serpentine walls. It's attended to beautifully by Wendy, who's uh -huh. our master gardener around here. It's quiet. I like to, if I have to think or write, I'll go down there in the spring or in the summer, just nice. sit there and hide. And then every day, especially this time of year, when I leave the Walker building and walk past the chapel and just look across to the Blue Ridge Mountains, the sunset. The sunset. So it's not, it's just, it's a moving vision as I leave campus. Love that spot. For our listeners, a little bit of related trivia. At the winter solstice, if you are standing on the steps of the residence, you can, at the sunset, you can stand on the steps, look through the windows in the library and through the front door of the Walker building all the way to the flagpole that is on one line. That's a straight line from that shot from the steps of the residence to the flagpole and the sun sets directly behind the flagpole at the winter solstice has to have been planned that way incredible and i think you can also see robertson lake you I can mean, see yeah, robertson yeah, lake yeah too. that's mm -hmm. a little tough to see from the steps mm -hmm. of the residence mm -hmm. but certainly you can if you're in the walker building yeah it's great view amazing really beautiful well Catherine, this has been fun thanks so much for taking the time and most of all, thank you for what you do for Woodbury, the commitment over 17 years, your leadership, your devotion, your energy and enthusiasm. You're greatly admired here by many, many people in the Tiger Nation. So thanks for being part of the show. Byron, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's an honor. Go Tigers. Go Take Tigers. Care, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Woodbury Podcast. We hope you found our discussion insightful and engaging. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing, rating, or leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Stay tuned for more conversations in the future. And remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. Connect with us on Woodbury Forest School social media, reach out with your questions or comments, and let's keep the dialogue going. Until next time, take care 
and go Tigers.